The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The Irish Congress of Trade Unions, ICTU, they were before an Oireachtas committee today calling uh, for legislation to protect workers against the impact of AI. In just a moment, I'm going to speak to Laura Bambrick from ICTU about that call. But first, I want to introduce Jessica Cecil. Jessica is a former chief of staff at the BBC and she's founder of the Trusted News Initiative. Jessica, you're very welcome to the show. Can you, first of all, just give us a sense of how profound an impact AI may have on jobs and workplaces? Absolutely. It's a revolution um, on akin, certainly with mobile, potentially even the start of the internet. It's huge. Um, Obviously, it's going to have a huge effect on the workplace because um, many jobs are going to be affected by some counts. Three quarters of jobs are going to have some impact from AI. Um, But I'd like to say to your listeners, it's not necessarily... um, it's not necessarily something that they all need to fear. I think the application of these revolutionary new technologies is in our hands and we choose to do what to, to, to work out what their application is going to be. And we need to do that in line with the values that, that, that we have. Um, clearly, when we look at history, revolutionary technologies end up uh often producing more jobs than uh they lose but clearly it's not always the same people who get the jobs that have lost the previous jobs um but there are two areas where i think we should concentrate on the really positive aspects mm. of ai and they're both reasonably near term ones one is on healthcare and on healthcare we have the potential for every healthcare professional to access world-class expertise in diagnostics and treatments. So where before you needed to go to a, a super specialist to work out whether some symptoms that may or may not be serious is, you can now look at the wisdom of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of patients around the world. The second area is in education. For the first time at scale, we have the ability for people to learn in a style that suits them. And we all have different learning styles and some people have very specific learning styles. Again, that allows people to learn in entirely new ways. And to go back to the jobs issue, it allows reskilling in a much more strategic and positive way when you think about some of those jobs that will be displaced. Yeah, because I, I think most people who are not immersed in it maybe in the way you would be, they, they, they find themselves on this pendulum and, and one day they, they wake up to headlines about what an incredibly positive impact this is going to have in our lives. And the next day they wake up to find out some tech leaders have written letters to governments all over the world demanding that all of this development be frozen in time before we destroy ourselves. So, you know, I guess, understandably, people are kind of confused as to what the future might look like for them. Exactly. And I don't blame them. But I think that if you look at the short-term or the near-term benefits that we've talked about in health and in education, that's about us saying there is this very powerful technology and we want to shape it so it benefits 
the people that we want it to benefit in the ways that we want to benefit. And then there is the longer term artificial general intelligence. Um, and it's a slightly different type of problem and way of tackling with it. But the more we can establish in the short term that it's democratic governments and it's other stakeholders that can decide how AI is applied so it helps everyone, the better we're set up to think about these longer term issues. And is it, are we still at the point wherein it, it's impossible to describe what that future will look like? I mean, if you sit down with Tim Berners-Lee in the mid 90s, he, he, he wouldn't have told you about kind of TikTok. No, <laughs> exactly. He might have been appalled by it. Exactly. He might, he might but, have pulled the plug on the whole experiment if he knew about it. <laughs> That's the thought. Um, I, I, I think that we can't, well, I certainly can't foresee where it's going to go. But as I say, if you have some principles, the principles I think about are accountability. How do we make sure that there's always a human in charge at every point? Explainability. How do we ensure that um, uh, we can explain how you got from one piece of data to the generative outcome? And thirdly, that it's working within a value set that means it, it, it helps all people or the people that you want to help. You can start putting some rails around what good and bad development looks like and we can be in charge rather than be worried about a future that we can't shape. Right. Well, Jessica, listen, thank you for your time. Uh, Jessica Cecil is a former chief of staff at the BBC and founder of the Trusted News Initiative. Uh, I mentioned ICDU, the Irish Congress for Trade Unions, being before an Oireachtas committee today, calling for legislative protections to deal with some of the fallout uh, of the impact of all of this on the workplace. So Laura Bambrick from ICTU is with me now. Laura, you're welcome to the show. What is it exactly you'd like government and policymakers to do? Thanks, Kieran. And there's very little there that I disagree with what Jessica said. I suppose our only caution would be that the pace of this technological development is faster than anything we've ever seen. And it's at such a fast pace that it is impossible for legislators, even with the best of intentions, to protect workers and to protect uh, citizens, because of course AI is going to have implications outside of the workplace. The legislators aren't able to keep pace. I mean, we only have to look at the EU's their AI Act we were talking about last week had passed by Parliament. Mm. Large parts of that had to be rewritten because in the time it got from um, one part of the legislative process to the next, we had the um, we, we, we had the content uh, generating platform ChatGDP that had been released. That's only six months publicly available, and in that time, so that legislation that was being put in place to protect us against AI. It then had to deal with something that hadn't even been thought about when the legislation started. So that would be a caution for us that even with the best intention, the other idea is that this is going to need something like the Paris Accord around climate change. Like even if the Irish government were willing and able to do it, this is a global thing that, you know, uh, news talk might have to work under Irish legislation around the use of of, of AI. But 
the country, the UK, have already decided that, you know, they're going to go for a light touch approach to AI to build themselves up as a global leader to there. So you will have workplaces and providers for all sorts of service providers for citizens, forum shopping for where regulation. So this is really going to have to be a global, but a fast pacing. But the question is, are we going to be even able fast enough mm. to have those principles that Jessica set out that once we, we, you know, we're ensuring that AI is working for us and not against us, that's great. But we have a lot of this um, hot, really intensive um, material and it's available open source, which for your listeners, if that doesn't uh, uh, know what that means, is uh, the inventors, the developers of this powerful technology are sharing the code out for anybody to use. So unlike previous inventions where you would have had it in the hands of a few people, it's now been uh, democratic. It's available to everyone and and, and that in itself creates problems. So regulation is a real, real issue around AI. In in terms of the the impact on on individual employees, I I assume like some of the traditional protections in, you know, unfair dismissals legislation would still apply despite this being a kind of a new technology. It won't allow employers to go around and kind of willy nilly get rid of staff. Well, what we do know is, so last week, Microsoft, they had um, an an Ireland's Work Trends Index, and it it was a representative opinion poll conducted by Amoric Research. And they've shown that one in five Irish workers are now using AI tools as part of their job. So the future is now, it is being used. So, and and the OECD, they, they, they looked at it being used in financial services and in manufacturing. So two very it's very different. And what they found is that when workers were being given the information, told how the AI was being used, that they were likely to report back very positively on that, that it had improved their performance and improved their working conditions. So if you're getting productivity gains and that is delivering a shorter working week, like AI might be what's going to deliver us the four day day week. That's great. But other workers are having the impact of AI, although they're not using it in it to do their job. Mm. What they're using it as part of worker management. And we've heard a lot about this, the use of software surveillance, especially with workers that are working remotely. But it's also used more broadly as a human resource tool in how to pick out candidates when they're applying for jobs. So what AI does is is, um, it looks at events and similarities across the way. So if I'm applying for a job that say is mostly attracts male applications, applicants, and I'm seen then as an anomaly, I could have difficulty getting through the first hurdle, which is an AI search. If I'm then, if a company is looking at redundancies, they'll run their, they'll run their product 
productivity scores of each individual worker, uh, true productivity using AI, and that's picking up different sequences. And the, the uh, and and the person, the number that yeah. is out of sequence. Now, if you don't have a human, then going in looking at that and go, well, why is Kieran's number coming up? Is there a reason why he's not as productive uh, as Laura, or is there a reason why we're rejecting Laura's application uh, compared to the twenty male applicants? Well, then you're being discriminated, and AI has got biases, but the biases are built in by the developer themselves. So a lot of this regulation is just making sure that there's a human in charge, that we're not all uh, driven by an algorithm. And listeners might be familiar, especially with platform workers. They they, they might uh, find that they're not allowed to uh, delivery because their ratings isn't high. And that could be behind that an algorithm that is discriminating them in some way. So all right. Well, listen, Laura, we appreciate your time. Laura Babrick uh, of ICTU. Before Laura as well, we spoke to Jessica Cecil, former chief of staff at the BBC and founder of the Trusted News Initiative. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.